you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast episode seventy nine. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? That's been a good day. I know it's been a good day for you because it's rained all day and you were off work not delivering mail. So. Yeah, dude. It was the perfect, perfect rainy <laughs> You're day. You're the only person that wants it to rain on on off days. I even took a nap. <laughs> I don't do that much, man. But I, I took a, I took a nap. It was awesome. We got another great guest tonight. We've got Jeremy Pinnell with us. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me. And man, we appreciate you making it. You've been uh, you've been doing some traveling, man. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we got back from um, two and a half weeks last night. So, so you drove into Louisville from Northern Kentucky, is that right? About two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, brother. No, no thank doubt. you, guys. Man, we thank, appreciate, appreciate it. it. No, thank you, guys. Neil, we're gonna have a little bit of Booker's tonight. <laughs> you brought cheers, good stuff, man. Cheers, Jeremy. Cheers. Jeremy. cheers. Well, I guess just take a drink. It's bad luck if you don't take a drink. A little it? sip of water, do you? There want. you go. It's <laughs> good, man. I was just telling Neil I need to get some bigger bottles of water up here. Well, little, those are one shot. Those yeah, are one drink. Eight ounces go down quick. <laughs> well, when you're 43, these are perfect size. You know? <laughs> so, Especially if you got a two hour drive on the way to get back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or trying to go to bed or something. Be up all night. <laughs> we usually start the podcast, Jeremy. Why don't you just take us back to childhood and share with us and the listeners about your earliest memories of music and. You know, maybe where in life you realized music was going to be a big part of your life. Okay, yeah, I um, uh, my my father he was a musician. Uh, he played in church, and uh, you know, and I'm sure you guys know that in Kentucky you go to church. That's what you do when you're a kid, you know. Yeah. And so and sing whether you're good or not. Yeah, and clap, you know, and yeah. that's where you figure out timing, and oh, yeah. you know, like singing church songs and um you know it just uh my dad uh holiday parties would have people over and they would uh break out the guitar and my dad would sing like crosby stills nash mm-hmm. and he would sing like um what else would he sing some neil young and uh oh yeah you know and and stuff like that so i got to hear a little bit of it now we were pretty restricted as far as what we were able to listen to you know so at a young age i was listening to a lot of christian music you know because that's all we were allowed to listen to. And um, and then I remember, um, I don't know, I think it just came naturally. I think I just wanted to play the guitar. You know, I saw my dad doing it, 
And then I'd see all the videos with the bands, with the girls and everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that looks like it, right? And uh, so that's kind of where it started. And I remember seeing that uh, that Guns N' Roses video for um, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was just, uh, from that point, I was like, okay, yeah, these yeah. guys are doing something, you know. Well, great album. Yeah. yeah, that was a cassette tape I wore out. Where, yeah. I mean, where it wouldn't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that being kind of the first thing that that hit you because I remember I, I kind of grew up in the same lines. You went to church and you listened to a lot of Christian music. Like I was thinking DC Talks when you yeah. yeah. I went from like DC Talks to Guns N' Roses because it blew my mind yeah. to hear something like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. I think we're of the same well, age range. I think range. like real recognizes real. So you like, when you see like something, you're like, oh, I identify with that, you know? So yeah. Yeah, man. It was, uh, there was something that, that, that drew me to the Guns N' Roses stuff that, you know, that I was kind of afraid of. I don't know about you coming from like a church background and listening to music and, and kind of being, like you said, um, a little restricted on what you could listen to. Mm-hmm. But I kind of I grew up with uh, people playing music around me too, so I got to hear some other stuff. But I still remember hearing "Welcome to the Jungle" and my head kind of being blown away. Yeah, yeah. My my sister, my older sister, was listening to like Rob Bass and like you know um, who else she listened to? All those guys, mm-hmm. all those nineties like R and B guys. You oh, know, yeah. like Keith Sweat, Johnny and all Gill, this, oh, yeah. all that stuff, all the good stuff, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah so. How, yeah. how old were you when you picked up the guitar to, with the intent to learn? Uh, I was probably about 13 or 14. Mm. My dad got me an electric guitar and a little Gorilla amplifier. And I just went in my bedroom and turned it all the way up and just started banging away on the guitar, you know? I, I had a little Gorilla amplifier that Roger Higgin gave me when, Roger I, when I started man. to learn to play. Yeah. Oh, Roger. That oh, thing, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> that, that thing sounded great. <laughs> Well, as long as it turned up for loud, you were fine. Yeah, I think it was probably like ten watts, but it would it would crank. crank. Yeah, the <laughs> one I had, I remember yeah. it cranking. Yeah, <laughs> I figured out how to get the distortion on there, and I was like, I was good, you know. So, what did you uh, when you started playing in, in the bedroom? What was the stuff you were listening to and trying to figure out? Did you and did you take any lessons? Uh, no, I my dad taught me some stuff, but I just kind of picked it up, you mm-hmm. know. Never took any lessons, listened to a lot of Christian music, and then started getting, once I got older, 17, I started to go my own way, you know, moved out of the house, um, started listening to punk rock music, stuff like that, you know, because that was really like, you know, getting back at... Angsty. Yeah, Yeah. right? It was like, I'm not going to put up with anything, you know? <laughs> now that I'm older, I can enjoy that, right? The idea of it, but it's different when you get well, older. You know, it's, it's interesting. We've had in the last probably eight weeks, we had two different guests that compared punk music, punk rock, and country mm-hmm. and talked about how closely related they were. Yeah, there's some weird phenomena that's going on with like, like guys that grew up in our time and up to where we're right now i don't know what it is it's interesting you know Mm -hmm. there's a there's a part of it is that group of of you know punk rock players and there's an honesty to it like there is an old country and 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 what is becoming new 
country again in Americana and that that lane that's being carved out. I think that it's kind of, you're, you're probably right in that sense that it's probably being carved out by guys like you and guys like that, that have, you know, there's a realness to the music. Going, going back to growing up in the church and, and singing, were you like known in the church? Were you were you being told there, hey, you know, Jeremy, you can sing. You've got a you've got a good voice. You ought to do something with this. Did it start there? Or? I was told. I was told, Jeremy, you're gonna be in jail before you're 18 years old. <laughs> 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 like I remember my Sunday school teacher telling me that. Uh, he was right, but uh, you know, I uh, yeah, I mean. My my parents were very encouraging. So anything they could do to help me, you know, whether my dad dyeing my hair green or cutting my hair into a mohawk, like he didn't care. You know, my dad yeah. was an old hippie, you know, so he was, you know, hippie gone Jesus. And that's what people did in the 70s and 80s, you know. Mm -hmm. So they were real supportive. They always encouraged me to play music, you know. Uh, we were out in... Um, Tulsa last week and uh I get it or where were we maybe Texas on Monday and I get a text from my mom like I love your new song you know that's cool yeah it's like dude if your mom sends you that message you're pretty it's like Still, all right I'm yeah. good I, I don't need any reviews mom mom's got me <laughs> I was gonna support your boy yeah <laughs> yeah our uh bass player who was on the run with us his dad texted him like three or four times a day, like, where are you at? How's the tour going? You know, and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, and he's like giving us updates about his dad texting him. And it was just hilarious, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> I was like, that's good, you know? Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. It's better than the alternative, you know? Right? Yeah. yeah. So is this tour you're on now, is it continuing or, or is this a break in it or is it, are you done with this tour? Or? Yeah, I'm, uh, we have, I got three days at home and then we got, a, we're playing Dukes in Indianapolis on okay. Friday. And then we're going to Monticello, Kentucky um, at Hidden Ridge Camping on Saturday night, which is an outdoor show. It should be pretty cool, you know. I've awesome. never been to yeah. Dukes, but I hear it's like a classic honky-tonk. It is, man. The guy, Dustin, that ran it, he just passed away uh, ah. last year. And I, I, I still don't know why, but he ran a great place. Every time we would go there, I remember he handed us a whole case. We are leaving that night. He paid us real well, fed the whole band. And we're leaving, and he hands me a whole case of Topo Chico. And I was like, oh, you're a good dude, you know? Like, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it is it is a great place. So I'm curious to see when we go back how, how they're taking care of it, you know? Yeah, Ty Tyler Lance Walker-Gill spoke yeah, real yeah. highly of uh, Dustin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's who it was. I, I don't know if they've done a tribute or anything for him yet, but yeah, that's he, he's somebody that has, was highly regarded. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Well, when you find venues that take care of artists, like artists don't forget that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Because like, we sometimes will just be like, ah, the band's here, load them in, you know, get a sound check, whatever. And then some venues like, we'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. you know? So a little bit of kindness goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. bad about that. All right. So if I take, we're at 17, you move out. Sounds like you're getting into the punk rock scene at that point in time. How long did that last? And like, kind of give me the evolution of what you were doing at that point. Were you writing at that point in time? Had you started any type of process into writing your own material? Uh, yeah. I mean, I played in some punk rock bands. It wasn't anything like, you know, like, um, I, it, I don't remember it, but I remember writing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
I started working for a bricklayer and carrying hide for a bricklayer. And then um, that's kind of what I did. It's just worked. And then I would play music here and there, mm-hmm. you know. I really wasn't, like, you know, getting after it. I you're worked, out that young, uh, you know, 17, 18-year-old kid, you better be working. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. a life to support you. Know? Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish school, so I was like, I didn't, ha- I didn't have anything else to do. So I was like, uh, I'll go to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean... I got to work for a heavy equipment company and uh and you're making good money when you're 18 19 years old so you're just buying dumb things you know <laughs> and um and then uh uh something happened around 19 20 years old so about t- almost 24 years ago maybe 25 I um I came across the Johnny Paycheck cassette tape oh. and it was like the greatest hits and like 15 beers on it, like drinking and driving that woman off my mind and uh, don't take her, she's all I've got and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it just caught my ear. And I was like, what is this? You know, I mean, it felt good. The rhythm was good. Like the the music was good. You know, it just, and, um, and from that point, I just kind of started diving into country, Americana, you know, just different types of music, you know, folk music. And, um, and then I started really writing, mm. you know, cause I was like, I got, I got to figure this out. You know, I got to figure out how to make these sounds and how to play this music. Cause it was just such a powerful. So it just captivated you. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Did you put a band together at that point or were you playing yourself or just writing, keeping it private? Sound like you were just working your butt off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were like, we were young. We yeah. were, I mean, my buddy, Mike Montgomery, who works for Sofa Burn Records, uh, is on the record label I'm on. He was just texting me on the way down here and uh, telling me I need to cover that Cheryl Crow song if it makes you happy. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, y'all would kill that, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, um, but he, me and him, I'd be 19, 20 years old. And w- he worked for a studio in Covington, Kentucky. And, um, we'd be in there all night because he could record for free at night. So we would record at night and come out and the sun would be out. And then we would go home or go to work, you know? And so we were like <laughs> writing that music. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. That was nice to have. Well, and the things you'll do when you're young. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice resource. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. Now nah. <laughs> walking out like from dusk till dawn when the sun hits. Like, yeah. Oh, it's man. not a good feeling. Yeah. And then going to work for yeah. a whole day. Yeah, uh, then rinse for peace. Do it again, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. going to work. You didn't feel good till like after lunch. You know, <laughs> I worked at Kroger Warehouse in uh, my early twenties, and we'd stay out and close the bars. You know, they close at four a.m. I'd have to be at work at five thirty a.m. on Saturday morning at Kroger Warehouse, and just swearing the whole day I'll never do this again. <laughs> you know, grabbing fifteen minutes of sleep on a break, and then as soon as I hit that time clock to clock out on Saturday. I'm ready to go again. Yeah, Saturday night. That's a real thing, dude. <laughs> I remember waking up Saturday, paycheck gone, or Sunday, pay, you reach in your pocket, you're like, oh, no. Right, you know? <laughs> I mean, whatever. You got to do it. I guess so. We got to hey, live through those things. Those songs got to come from somewhere. <laughs> you know, They don't write themselves. You got to make the stories to no, write No, they really don't. Like, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge uh, supporter of that idea. Like, Go do something other than music, and then you'll you'll make good art. Mm. You know, if you if you're looking to do art, go so, do something other than art, and then come back to that. You know, 
very true and interesting because some of the times that I get the most frustrated playing guitar, I'm trying to learn something, trying to learn something. And you're like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm done. I can't do it. I'll figure it out. You put it down. You walk away for four hours. You come back and you can play it the first mm -hmm. time. You're like, I don't know what the hell just happened. <laughs> but, you know, you just go do some other stuff. Don't think about that process. Allow your mind, go build something. <laughs> yeah, know, go work. Go work. Go work. Go get in an awful relationship. Go do something. <laughs> yeah. You know, go, go do, do some push-ups. I don't know what you got to do. Just go do it and then come back and then sit down with a pen and a paper yeah. when you're ready, you know. Yeah. At what point did you decide you were going to uh, make music full-time? Uh, so just a few years ago. Okay. Uh, I've always worked and... Um, done like landscaping labor any kind of labor job and uh and i was a groundskeeper at the time and i ran into this guy terry rickards down in nashville and um i was working with a uh, friend chris and and i remember calling terry and asking him if he would think about managing me you know because he had a lot of connections in nashville and we really needed to get into nashville and uh and he said, yeah, he said, I'd love to. And so we, uh, we started working together and he's such a great guy. And he like did everything he could to like get my foot in the door. And he came up one weekend and stayed with us, me and my wife up in Northern Kentucky. And, uh, and he set us both down and had a talk with us. He said, Jeremy, you can work your job and you can play music on the weekends. You can do that. But I think there's enough there that if you wanted to just do music, then you should go do music and figure out how. And, and he talked to me and Rachel, and, and we both agreed, like, hey, all right, go do music. And so, yeah. It's a little bit scary time, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, dude, like, I got a six-year-old. We got a 20-year-old living with us. And she's, you know, she's fine. She got a job. She mm -hmm. just takes pictures of herself all day. <laughs> it don't, you know. But we got a I got a twenty year old too. Yeah. Uh -huh. But we got a six year old, and yeah, it's scary, man. Um, you know. But uh, it's what we're trying to do. So that was like two, three years ago. I think two at the beginning of two thousand nine, the February of two thousand nineteen. I was. It was like my last day at my job. And then we just started hitting the pavement. Then pandemic. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it, it, uh, we were doing real good, getting fairly successful. Uh, gigs were paying a little bit more. And, uh, and we weren't like totally upset about being on the road. Because when you're on the road and you get paid at the end of the week, you're like, oh, God. And so, but then, uh, yeah, in 2020, they ask everybody to stay home. We're like, oh, okay. You know, everybody thought they was going to die. Mm. You know, yeah. I know I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. When was your last 2020 show? February, it, March? It was uh, Valentine's Day yeah. at, uh, at the Whitewater Tavern in uh, Little Rock. Mm. Then we had that record. We recorded that record. And I flew in to Austin and did the vocals. And then flew back home, and then they started. At, they asked people to stay home, so we was like, we got, we got it done just right at the. I mean, I was on the airplane, no mask. It was at that point where we didn't know, you know. And yeah. you and you just finished the record with those vocals. 
Yeah. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> so, timing, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect I mean, timing. I hate to say it, you know, but it's just what happened. Yeah. So since you've been on the road, um, not like touring, but since you got in your car to come here, Bonnaroo got canceled. I saw that. Isn't that crazy? I saw it on it was the all way flood, down. but it had nothing yeah. to do with any of the you know crazy stuff. But you know, Hurricane Ida, I guess, came through and tropical stormed it up. Yeah, yeah. It's a second year in a row. Yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> it yeah. is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I was just I did a phone interview on the way down here, and the guy was in Nevada, and he was saying that there's uh, like thirty miles outside of his town or something like that. There's wildfires and they're just like taking over, burning everything down. Yeah. I was like, God damn, what is going on? Something's wild. Can water Still not wild. meet the fire here? Yeah. Can we not divert that rain yeah. over just where it needs to go? Good Lord. So it's obvious, Jeremy, that you, uh, I mean, you've worked in music pretty hard, you know, mm -hmm. coming off the tour and then coming up there to do this podcast with us, doing a phone interview on, on a trip from Northern Kentucky. If you had to guess, how many hours a week do you think you put in? As a musician, I mean the past two and a half weeks. I mean that's all our that's all our twenty four hours. hours a day yeah. drive time. <laughs> yeah, break off. And then you got your stupid phone. You got to do all that dumb stuff on the telephone, mm -hmm. like all the social media stuff. You got to yeah. like do that because people want to see it and people, you know, and which is good, man. People want people. It's good that people are interested in your life and they care about your art. So it's like, yeah, I mean. Uh, so it's like a, it's like a thing. Like, yeah. And you're building quite a, quite a fan base. We're trying, we're trying to just make some money so our wives don't leave us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in the band's married? Uh, yeah, depending. We, we, uh, the three main guys, me and our guitar player, Junior Tutwiler and, uh, and our drummer, Charles Alley, we're, we're three married. So, yeah. but the bass players, we switch them out, you know? You never know who's going to be playing bass. <laughs> Man, bass players, it's own problem. It's like the drummer yeah. for Spinal Tap, except it's a bass player with us. Is it the drummer in Spinal Tap that always got... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So Goodbye LA, is that album completed in full or is it available to the public yet? No, it'll be out October 1st. October 1st. Ooh, dude, so we're right around the corner. Huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Get right. ready to have your next child, October 1st. Yeah, yeah. We got the last single comes out next month. But these singles we're going to play tonight, they're from that album. Is that right? That is right. Let's talk a little bit about Want to Do Something. Tell us about that song, and then we'll listen to a little bit of it. Good All tune, right. man. Thank you. Yeah, that song is just about... I'd always try to do something other than music. I would try to get a job and try to like just, you know, but you get in your car and you're driving to work, you're thinking and you're, you're just, your brain's just going and you're making music whether you want to or not, you know? And I, I imagine other people have the same thing. It just comes in different forms, you know? But for me, it comes in the form of a song. And, uh, and yeah, and so that's what that is about. It's about wanting to do something other than music, but it's, what else is there to do, you know, yeah. for me, you know, so. All yeah. right.
said, my baby, show me how she dance She's taking me for the longest ride Lord, I feel like I just want to die I want to do something else, baby, but I can't And I don't know why Yeah, I love that. Too. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. You can hear that Johnny Paycheck influence in there. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to every song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the pedal steel. Oh man, uh, that's our guitar player, Junior. There's no pedal steel on that record. Oh really? What? Yeah, we've had write ups. Yeah, he's that good. We've had write ups like uh, the guitar is great, the pedal steel is great, and I'm like, yeah. I wanted to make a record. I wanted to make a country record with no pedal steel on it. Because there was such an emphasis on that old school country, like everybody was like, "Let's do this old school country," and I and I just wanted to be like, "Let's make a dirty rock, like a rock and roll country record, like the records I like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like bluesy, yep, you know, country." Well, I'd have bet a thousand dollars after the pedal steel. I'd, yeah. have lost, I'd have lost my money. <laughs> Junior Tutwiler, he's a he's a special dude. He uh. He made that record. Me and him made that record. Like the all the musicians on it were great, but Junior is just as important as words or, you know, yeah. Like yeah. he, like his guitar work on that record really made that record. Yeah, from everything that I've heard, it definitely stands out. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why you have so many mm-hmm. people saying, "No, nah, I'd love to steal it," because it stands. His playing stands out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. Yeah. It, it, it complements everything. That Stands you do, out live too, man. Yeah. Like people come to see him, and it bugs the hell out of me. You know? I'm like, <laughs> what about me? You know, you, too, what, you know, put him on the front of the stage. No, <laughs> like the older I get, man, the best I want for everybody. So, yeah. like, if I'm playing with somebody, like I want them, to, I want them to succeed. You know, way more than me, right? Because mm-hmm. they deserve it. Yep. Guys that go on the road with you and eat shit on the road with you, and they're and they're out there, like, I want them to be successful, you know? It's yeah. not a, it's not yeah. about me, you know? That's Shoot. the only way you're going to have a great band. That's how yeah. I've, I've said it forever, man. If, if you're the worst player and musician in your band, especially, you know, you can sit like you're going to do in a little while solo and kill it and be fine. If you're the worst person in your band, you're going to be great. You're golden. Everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know what you're doing. You're confident in what you're doing. You've got the ability to play the songs that you've written. If they are just as, if they're better than you. Makes a good and if just, you know, whoever's the leader of the band, if their goal is to, like Jeremy's saying, build everybody up around them higher than themselves, it's going to be a good band. Yeah, man. And plus, that's yeah. somebody you want to play with. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You yeah. want to work with, like, I want to work with those dudes. They're fun. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and generally, it seems the way, uh, that's the attitude of most hardcore musicians and people that are that uh, great players, people that we've dealt with in here, man. It's just, it's a very generous community if you allow it to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, if you don't get uh, jaded, yeah. you know? Because <laughs> yeah. that can happen too. Yeah. And I've been in spots where I've been like, what the heck, you know? But um, you get out of that real quick. Mm-hmm. If you want to be successful, you better get, get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you guys travel on these tours? Uh, we got a Chevy Express. Mm. Uh, 
15-passenger van. We built a cage in the back, which will deter anybody from stealing for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> so we got like, there's a little bit of a window. We can kind of, you know, you got yeah. a hopefully we get to it, yeah. you know, get to them before they get to our stuff, you know. <sighs> that's, that's probably a, a good move, man. Yeah, I mean, we do. We never leave our guitars in the van. Yeah. It's always a rule. I don't care how tired you are at the end of the night. Take them out and put them in your hotel room. Put them wherever. Just for humidity purposes themselves. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I just... I, I see it all the time. Bands getting ripped off. And, yeah, yeah. I, you can replace the PA, but dude, a guitar is personal. Mm-hmm. We had somebody on yeah. just recently that lost yeah, their guitar. Yeah, got a guitar stolen. It was... Uh, Marvello. Yeah, Jay. Jay Skaggs. <laughs> yeah. Jay Skaggs. Yeah, He's from Northern Kentucky, a matter of fact. Yeah. 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 Adam Martin stolen. Yeah. yeah Brand new one. He just bought it. Left it in the car. And someone took That's it. why you don't leave them in the car. Don't leave them in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I always, I, do, I have this rule when I travel. I say, as long as you got your phone and your wallet on you, that's all I need, mm-hmm. right? Because I got the... I got all my bank, everything right here. I got all my money. Everything else can be replaced. Yep. You know, so I try not to carry anything really important except my guitar. You know, even the amplifier, if you have to take it, take it. Just don't yeah. take the f- guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't take the guitar. Yeah. It's an assault. Let's listen to another uh, another tune. How about, uh, how about Nighttime Eagle? Yeah. Tell us about that one. Uh, yeah, that's a song that's just uh, like to let my... Wife know everything's on the up and up, you know, like we're out the road, you know, um, having a good time and um, the internet can be deceiving. It's basically just a fun song. Me and her were in the car one night going somewhere and I said, I'm pretty cool and I like a nighttime eagle. (laughs) She's like, you know, she thinks I'm an idiot, but at the same time, she thought it was hilarious and like... And I don't even know what a nighttime eagle is. I just, uh, I was like, man, that sounds cool. I'm going to throw that. Nighttime eagle. Nighttime eagle, like driving a Trans Am or something, you know? (laughs) All right. Let's check it out. That's great. I love them big girls in Bakersfield. Guitars and pedal steel. Got me singing about it all night long. She bend a string like a honky-tonk song I hit the road with a four-piece band Missing lines like I don't give a damn And I don't even know what day it is But honey, I just miss your kiss I miss my son, my daughter, and my wife back home Just leave me alone I hate talking on the phone Like a nighttime eagle. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I can relate to that line. I Keeping hate, it cool like a nighttime eagle. I hate yeah. talking on the phone. That's me. Oh, I hate yeah. talking on the phone. Well, the funny thing <laughs> about that is, um, is the second verse is like, um, I hate to see my baby shed a tear. Speak up, darling. It's hard to hear. And I had this cell phone at the time, and it was like, 
I just paid it off. And obviously to just paid it off, you couldn't hear anybody. Like people would call you and I'd just be like, didn't even want to answer the phone <laughs> because you couldn't hear anybody. And I would just be like pushing the phone against my face, you know? <laughs> and and we were on the tour. We were, were touring quite a bit. So it, like I hated taking phone calls. I still don't like being on the phone. I hate having that thing up against my ear that long, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's really what that song is about. Like, I hate talking on the phone because my phone was so shitty. <laughs> I just have a difficult talk- time talking to somebody I can't see. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I don't know. To see I, I want to see somebody's face. I don't know. I want to uh, see, your- see your face when I'm talking dude, to you. Dude, I've got a couple friends that he mentioned I'm a mailman. And so I got a couple mailman friends that have literally just called me and want to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's the worst. They they all know that I hate it. And yeah. I think they do it to torture me. But if you get me on the phone for five minutes, that's four minutes longer than I've ever like no talked reason, to. Yeah. No reason to call. Just, There's, don't call yeah. me. Why? Yeah. My buddy, our drummer, Chris, he'll call me. If we're like getting ready to see each other in like a half hour, he'll call me and start talking to me. I'm like, dude, I'm going to see you in a half hour. <laughs> like, we don't have to talk. Yeah. He can wait. I'm sure. He'll be like leaving the gym or something. He'll be like, call me. He'll be like, yeah, I'm leaving the gym. I was like, you're just calling me to tell me you're leaving the gym. So I know you went to the gym. I'm like, I don't care, dude. You know, you don't have to call and I'm, tell I'm, me. Yeah. I'm impressed, bro. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. Good. You needed to go to the gym. And yeah. I'm convinced there's something to that paying your cell phone off. So I, I'm halfway. Oh, yeah. I'm halfway embarrassed to say I have iPhone six. But I like, thought it was a four. That was the one I had. Was like with, six. With every update, See? my phone. phone quits working more and more. Like my, <laughs> like my wife and my son, and they had a three way text going. My son in North Dakota was texting my wife and me. And I wasn't getting them. I never did receive them. And she was saying, how come you're not replying to Brent? What do you mean? Because uh, <laughs> six and below, all messages are carried by carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah, right? You get Smoke it. signals. <laughs> I, uh, I got an eight, and it's on its way out. They forced yeah. you to buy a new yeah. phone. All the guys I'm touring with, they got like the X's Elevens, and yeah. all that stuff. And I'm like, I got an eight, and it's starting to go out. Dude, they know me. what they're doing. That technology is... Well, like I like a, how small my six is. I could put it in my pocket. You can get minis now. That's okay. what I want to yeah. get because yeah. I hate having that big phone in my pocket. Dude, yeah. they got the the new flip. Have you seen the new flip phones? Uh-uh. They're they're you flip them open and it's just like a regular smartphone. But then you close them and it's a flip phone. Then you open them, it's like a regular smartphone, like oh, really? full screen. Yeah. Huh. It's wild. Yeah, I need to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. I want yeah. something I could put in my pocket and I feel like I have a brick in my pocket. I know. Yeah. I hate it. I hate carrying this <laughs> stupid thing around. It's just crazy. I remember when the tablets came out, they were like seven inches and now phones are that big. Oh, yeah. I don't get yeah. a phone that's as yeah. big as an old tablet. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And we just went to North Dakota and we rented a little uh, Toyota Corolla, maybe. And it had the biggest uh, wow. navigation screen on it. And it's, it wasn't down in the dash. It was up on mm-hmm. top of the dash. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you got to look over it to That's see where you're driving. That's a lot of now. Yeah. I didn't like it. Well, you better get used to it. Yeah, I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, yeah, you're going to be... I'm going to stick with my combustion engine. I'm not going all there. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I mean, but that's the way they all are now. If you get in any type of modern 2020, 2021, they got that jacket. Mm-hmm. It's a tablet. On top of the on the dash, on yeah, everything. they used to be in the dash. I guess that was they figured that was dangerous. I guess, yeah, maybe oh, they're hoping yeah. people don't like 
hoping people don't like stay off their phones. I don't know. We we travel across the United States and everybody's looking at their phone while they're driving down the road. Yep. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. they just figure like, let's put it up here. I don't know. Yeah. At least if that's what it is, because it's like this. You're you're looking here, you just yeah. look like yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at their phones everywhere. Dude. Yeah. It's almost sickening in the airport. I mean what else is there to do in the airport? Have you ever seen people watch? Have you guys ever seen that print of the zombies all walking down the street Uh staring at their phones? Mm -hmm. Uh I I want to get one of those for Uh the for the basement, hanging that in the basement. You never seen it? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I was too busy looking at my phone. (laughs) (laughs) It's on there. You just gotta look a little bit up. I'll show it to you at the podcast. It's great. So Jeremy, our listeners who want to follow you and your uh, your band more closely and your music, where do they find you? You can go to jeremypinnell.com, uh, sofaburn.com, Instagram, Jeremy Pinnell. Same with Twitter, Pinnell Jeremy, I think. And um, P-I-N-N-E-L-L. Yep. And um, Facebook, we're on Facebook, uh, like the dollar general of social media, but we're on there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, yeah, because some people do that, so we want everybody to like listen, hey, be accessible, yeah. man. Yeah. That's yeah, like you said, you mm-hmm. were explaining part of your job now as a musician is be accessible everywhere, which means every social network you can mm-hmm. do and all that crap. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we're gonna go out and with uh, big old good, tell us about that song. Yeah, so I've told this story today and I told it yesterday and the day before, but it's it's a fun story, but um. We were going through, we were touring and we're going through North Carolina and we ran across the corn dog restaurant and I was like, oh, look, we're on corn dog mountain, you know, just being funny, <laughs> you know? And then I got to thinking, I was like, man, I want to write a song called corn dog mountain, you know, just, you know, be funny. And, uh, and then, I, you know, I started picking around on the guitar and then it, and then it just became a song about, uh, like relationships between human beings, like, um, what we'll take and what we won't take, uh, the amount of pain we'll take or the amount of love we'll take as human beings. And, uh, and it's basically a song about that. And, um, there's a, there's a line in the, the second verse says something like, I take it to the limit, the way, the way I sing and the way I talk to women. I heard this woman speak and she was saying, I'm so tired of men talking over me and talking. When I am talking, they talk over me. And I, it really made me think about how my interactions with other women and how, how, how do I respect them? And like, so I was like, you know what, when a woman talks, I'm going to be quiet and listen, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's like, so I put that in there so it m- maybe like people might start to think about their behavior, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to like interacting with another human being, you know, are we letting this other human being, whether it be a man or a woman, talk and express their views, you know? So it's like, sorry to get all crazy on that. I just went deep. That's a gigantic, a gigantic evolution from a corn dog mountain. <laughs> yeah, I know, that, right? That, that, that's that's transformed. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way it works. That's yeah. the way it works, which yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah, and so and the song is just. Uh, it's called Big Old Good because, I mean, when you're in a relationship, it's not about the physical relationship. It's never about that because you can have a physical relationship with anybody. Love and all that stuff is so much more than just a physical thing, you know, Mm -hmm. or feelings. You can't rely on feelings because they're unreliable. They change. But you can always take action, whether it be helping somebody or, you know, 
buying flowers, you know, even when you don't want to, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, things like that. Okay. So yeah, it's called Big Old Good. All right, October first, album October comes 1st, out. And get the whole yeah. album, people. Well, Jeremy, we appreciate you spending some time talking with us, no, and we're going guys. to shoot some videos, appreciate and we'll have uh, we'll have Jeremy on one shot, one mic, one song soon. So you guys go out and check out those videos too. Thank Thanks, Jeremy. Guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. And here it is, big old good. Mama's making house, baby needs a toy, and I'm screaming through the mountains like some old playboy I got. Shaking knees, sweating. Been up to no good. I'm getting back cause my baby found a good fishing hole. I'm getting high, high on that rocky road. For the money and the beating, I did all I could for that good old biggie Man, I'll be back with my baby. Back.